She didn't exactly say it that way, but <clears throat> it was sort of like that, you know what I mean? So this morning, I just want to encourage you that we are going to be uh, looking at a lot of, uh, of scriptures. This, this message this morning <clears throat> is uh, something that uh, God's been speaking to me over the last three to four weeks. I've been soaking in these passages and just seeing what God says to me out of these passages. And uh, I really believe that there is revelation here this morning. Uh, and I pray, Holy Spirit, even now we sense your wonderful presence. We sense that you're here by your spirit, Lord God, and we thank you for that. And I pray for revelation. I pray for divine inspiration. I pray for transformation in our spirits and in our minds that we would be completely different. And our, our understanding uh, of who you are and what you've done in our lives will be blown apart. And Father, help us to meditate on this word today. Help us in this coming week to continue to think about it, to, to say, God, what is it you're saying to me personally as a result of your word? Father, I thank you that the challenge comes and people accept the challenge. And Lord, that we would walk in the true fullness of your Holy Spirit in each and every one of us today in the wonderful name of Jesus. And those who agree with me say, Amen. 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 I'm going to ask you to bear with me in this message, okay? It's just going to be a real stretch for me to be able to do this. And I'm asking you just for your, for your grace in, in this whole thing. This message has come out of a cry of my heart. Uh, to actually go deeper in understanding who God is and, and His purpose in my life. And I want to, his, his Word to become a, a reality for me. Uh, uh, and not only to become a reality for me, but a reality through me. Because I don't believe that God's Word is just meant for me. I believe that God's Word is meant for the world in which I live, uh, in which I find myself interacting with. Uh, throughout the day. So the question I, I, I guess that I, I ask myself out of this, this, this whole thing is, what does life look like? What does life look like for a believer? That's my question. That's where I, I, my starting point was in, in starting to unfold this message. What does life really look like for a believer? Do we have any believers here this morning? Just give me a wave. Excellent. Praise God. All the rest of you will be praying for your salvation at the end of the message. Uh, there's this, this whole thing where I wanted to know what life really looks like for a believer. I've, I've, I've known like for, I don't know, since uh, um, I've been saved since 1980. Um, June 22, I think it was. Did I get that right? June 22, 1980, I got saved. That's been an up and down journey. That's been an in and out journey, if, if you understand what I mean by that. Um, but there's this, this journey that God's got me on. And I'm, I'm, I'm a messy person like Nolly. I'll start snotting everywhere and sniveling. And very shortly, I'll be crying too. Um, because I, I sense that God wants more. I, I believe that there's so much more for the life of a believer. I believe that God wants us to experience life in its fullness on how he walked in the earth. I read in the Bible about everything in the early church. And I feel God say, that's what life for the believer is like. And so much more. I believe that the early church, the way that they worked, they lived, they interacted, is a starting point. I believe it's just saying, this is just base level. This is like, you know, like, uh, this is uh, um, base level. I don't know how to, there's a word I'm looking for in my head, but I can't, can't grasp it at the moment. 
I look at my life and I know that what I'm living is so much, so far below what I read and understand in God's word. I've never raised anyone from, de- from the dead. So, you know, people could say, well, you know, uh, that the standard of God's word is like, it's so high. You're right, it's impossible. But God's asked us to live it. He has. So raising the dead's not off the table because it's not my experience. Healing the sick is, you know, something that I've seen patches of. It's, it's something that I've, I've seen bits and pieces of. And sometimes you go through a patch where you don't see anything change. You know, you can pray for as many people as you like and you just sense that there's this area where, you know, you're just not seeing people's lives change. And I think that God is wanting us to, to dig deeper. God is wanting us to, to rely on him more rather than our own striving. I believe I was made for greater. I believe that you have been too. And this morning I'm praying for a transference of the hunger and the passion in my heart to you. So if you don't want that, my encouragement to you is, Stay anyway. (laughs) You never know. You never know. I believe that we've been created to live a life of fulfillment in Christ. It was actually Jesus, one of the desires of his heart. He says, I want you to live life and live life to the full in John 10.10. I believe that we are created to make a a difference in the lives of others. I want to see people saved. I want to see my kids worshiping Jesus. I want to see my grandchildren laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. I want to see my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren preaching the word of God. And I want to see lives changed. I believe that there's more for us. I want to see people come into freedom. Where we actually live free of addictions. We, we live free of the encumbrances that life can so often heap upon us. I want to see us restored to our rightful purpose. And I want to see us to live that life of fulfillment. It's the four cups that we've spoken about. The cup of salvation, the cup of freedom, the cup of restoration, the cup of fulfillment. If you don't know what those are, go on our iTunes site and listen to the messages. They'll, they'll revolutionize the way that you think, think about things. Download them on iTunes or simply go to our website. You see, I'm tired of the way that I see life going And my life is being this difference. And what I'm not going to do this morning is create a theology based upon my experience. I'm going to create a theology that's in line with the word of God. I'm not going to to let myself off the hook. I was saying it's just for the Bible times. It's just for, you know, like 2,000 years ago. That's just what Jesus did then. Well, my Bible tells me that God's the same yesterday, today and forever. How do I get past that one? See, I'm not going to create a theology to back up my experience. I'm going to follow what Jesus says. See, a big part of my search is to know that I can actually pursue this. I want to go after this. Uh, Any policeman will tell you they love the high-speed pursuits. It's just an adrenaline rush. So I'm in pursuit. 
but not of crims. I'm in pursuit of the presence of God. I want it so much. I want it so much. We're, we're just, just rejigging our service at the moment. We're just going, just going to go 15 minutes longer. For, historically, we've, we've ended at 11.30. We've tried, I've tried to land this, this baby at 11.30. I'm just springing it out by 15 minutes because I want to make some room for testimonies. I want to make room for God to touch people. And like the worship this morning, Alina and the team, just great. Give them a hand. I mean, just great team, great team, great team. And Haley as well in the back. Just make, it's, it's, it's all these things coming together. I'll, I'll, so we want to make room for God to, to touch us and release us. So a big part of this is actually knowing that I have permission to go after this. The way that I am wired, it's necessary for me to know that I have permission to do certain things. As a former police officer, it was vital for me to know that I had the backing of authority and the power to perform the many roles and functions that I did as a police officer. It was crucial for me to know that, to, that I needed to be able to do that. Uh, this extended to uh, so much that I was uh, like um, that, that I needed to understand that if I acted outside of my authority and the powers that I had as a police officer, that the uh, any prosecution that I was likely to see in, in the people that we'd brought to justice helped. Like, so it, it, I did them a, a disservice, the victims of crime, because I, I acted outside of that authority, I acted outside of the powers that I was actually allowed to. And a defense attorney would come in and they'd just rip you apart. Okay? I've got to tell you, the spirit realm is very similar. Is that there's some things that you know, we can do, and there's some things that we can't do. And the devil knows too. He is the accuser of the brethren. What he says, you know, he says, you can't do that. Whatever that is. He tries to, to insinuate his ways into our minds and thoughts. So for me, it's really important that I understand the authority and the power that God has given to me so that I can actually know that I can pursue this kingdom lifestyle that I believe God models for us in his word. I need to know what the extent of my authority and power is as a believer. What has Jesus made available to me so that I can extend his kingdom here on this earth? I'm co-laboring with Christ. It, it says that many times in the Bible. I need to know that if Jesus says it's okay to pursue this lifestyle, then does he have the authority to grant me that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's really important. Someone can say to you, oh, you can do such and such, but if they don't have the authority to release you to do that, then really you don't have the authority to do that. And it's an illegal thing to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is this making sense this morning? So for me, it's, it's important to know that I have an understanding of this. So I, bit, I did a bit of a search. I went on this journey through the Word of God. First of all, I, I, you need to understand that God created everything. Okay? So he's the owner of everything. So he's got ultimate authority. It's, it's his to do with as he pleases and as he chooses. There's many scriptures that you can look at for yourselves in your own time doing a Bible study to check that out. But what was important for me was that I understood that the Father 
had given the Son the authority to do certain things and to pass that authority on. Okay, so let's go on a journey. Number one we're going to look at is Matthew 28, verses 18 through to 20, and it says this. I've got like lots of tags in my Bible, so I can hopefully get there quicker. So this is Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples. What did he tell his disciples? He said this, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Full stop. He goes on to say, therefore, so he's saying, I've got this stuff. Now what I'm going to do is pass it on to you. Therefore, in the same way that I've been given authority in heaven and on earth, in that same likewise manner, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am all with you always, even to the end of the age. So it's really important that we understand, number one, Jesus has been given authority. And I believe that we need to look at other places. So let's have a look at Daniel. Daniel chapter 7. Verses 13 through to 14. This is what the Bible says. Okay? So that we can see that it's in the Old Testament and we can see that it's in the New Testament too. Daniel chapter 7 verses 13 to 14 says, As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man. Many times in the, in the New Testament we see Jesus referred to as the son of man. Okay, you can check it out for yourself. He says, the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. That's a good scripture right there. John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verses 34 and 35. says, for he is sent by God. This is talking about Jesus. He speaks God's word, for God gives him the spirit without, me- without limit, without measure, it says in some other version. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. Jesus has been given the lot. The whole shebang. John chapter 13. John chapter 13 verse 3. says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So Jesus knows he's got this authority. He's got it from his Father. Okay, you're starting to see that there's a theme here, that Jesus has got this authority. Okay, well, let's not stop there. John 17 verse 2 says, For you have given him authority. It says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that he may give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. Okay, so let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 19 to 23 says, 
I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. That's important for the benefit of the church. You and I are the church, not this building. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. In other words, we need to understand that Christ is the ultimate authority in the world because God has made him so. God the Father has given the Son ultimate authority over what happens on the planet. Sorry, Philippians chapter 2 is the last one that we'll we'll look at this morning. Well, not in this bit anyway. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. It says, Therefore God elevated him, meaning Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and under the earth, meaning the demonic realm, the occult realm. Okay? And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we understand that there is this, this authority that the Father has given to the Son. What has God done, as in G, what has Jesus now done with that authority? What has he now done with that power that he has available to him? Holy Spirit, just in these next few moments, as I speak this word out, I pray let there be impartation of your word. Let the, the impartation of revelation come into your people this morning. In the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray and release it now. So the, here's the thing. So the answer to my question of whether Jesus has the authority to grant me permission to pursue a kingdom lifestyle is an unequivocal yes. Okay? So I know that Jesus has the authority. He has the ability to be able to grant me the, 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 the ability to pursue this sort of a lifestyle. So then I needed to know if he'd given me permission to, 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 to pursue what I read about. I wanted to know if it was possible to see what happened in the disciples' lives was possible for me too. So I began to look at what Jesus did and told the disciples what he called them to do and commissioned them to for ministry in the world. Because this is what I've discovered. This is what I looked at. And when I started to see some things, I want you, as I start to read these passages out to you, I want you to take note of all the things that Jesus said to his disciples, the people that were with him at that time. Then I want you to, in a moment, listen to what Jesus says to uh, the people who are believers. Those who are believers. Turn to your neighbor and say, uh, that's me. <laughs> Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. So Jesus is just about to send out his 12 disciples on a ministry trip in front. He's about to release them. Into the world around about. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Excellent. I'll preach myself happy. 
Verse 1 of chapter 9 of Luke says this. One day Jesus called together. It's really important we understand that. Jesus is, none of this happens separate from the presence of God. None of this happens off our own back. It's from the presence of God that we are released. So Jesus says, come into my presence. Listen to what I'm about to tell you and what I'm about to give you. And from that place, then you are to go with my authority and with my power. So he says, one day Jesus called together. Everyone say called. Jesus said, uh, called his, together his 12 disciples. He gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. And then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So it's in the presence of God that we get this, this commissioning, as it were. Jesus, it's in, his, in the place of his presence that he imparts to us the authority and the power to do what he is calling us to do. He doesn't say, go and heal the sick and cast out demons, but I'm not going to give you anything to do like to, to be able to accomplish that. Jesus actually gives us the authority and the power to be able to do what he's asking us to do. It all happens in the place of his presence. And we've been talking over the last number of weeks about the place of his presence. And it's in the place of his presence that God calls us to. He calls us into that place of his presence. And then he gives us his authority and his power to go out into our world. The the, the authority and power that we are given by God was never meant to stay inside the, the, the walls of a building. It's as we go... That we are to use the authority and the power to overcome the works of darkness and to release the kingdom into wherever we go. He says, take nothing for your journey. Take no walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you go, stay in the same house. What he's saying to them is this. Guys, there's some stuff that you've really relied on To get things done in the past. Jesus says to us, don't rely on the things that you've got. Rely on what I've got. Rely on what I give you. Because sometimes we won't let that stuff alone. And we think that it's all tied up in what we have. And it's not. It's in what Jesus has. And what Jesus gives to us. Jesus gives us his authority and he gives us his power. Jesus' authority and his power is not in my walking stick or my traveling bag or the money that I have. It's in what he imparts to me from the place of his presence. Luke chapter 10. Jesus is about to send out his 72. See, it's really important for me that I know that there's a, there's a pattern. Okay, so Jesus has sent out the, t- the 12. Did he send the 72 out different? Did he give them something different? So then, when it comes to me walking out this stuff, is it different again? It's a good question. It is a good question. So Luke chapter 10 says this. 
the Lord chose the 72 other disciples. He chose them. How did he do that? You have to be in someone's presence to do that. Okay? I choose you, choose you, choose you, choose you. Come here, come here. We're going to do some stuff. I choose you, I choose you, I choose you. We're going to do this. So they come into his presence. Again, there's this call into his presence. And then it says, and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to, to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. I love that, that saying. Okay? Because I'm reminded then, and like, we, we think, oh, we're going out as lambs among wolves. We're going to get torn apart. No, we've got a shepherd. And his name's Jesus. We're not, we're not going out there alone, just as a sheep. Sheep always have shepherds. He says, don't take any money with you. Hang on, I've heard this before. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Okay? So when you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace. And he goes through this whole thing again. I see the same things that he told the 12 now being said to the 72. It says further down in verse 9, heal the sick, tell them that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is near you now. And he goes on, he talks about, uh, uh, like, if someone doesn't receive your message, shake off the dust from your feet, and it's a sign to that community that you, you, you recognize their no. He says then about Beth, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah being uh, better off than these towns because they rejected the message and stuff like that. So then he says uh, to them uh, in verse 16, anyone who accepts your message is accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me, and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. God, you know, when people say no to you about when you're sharing your faith, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. It's okay. He can take it. And then the 72 disciples, they go out and do what Jesus has told them to do. Okay? The 72 disciples, in verse 7, it says, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey when we use your name. Even the demons obey when we use your name. In other words, they've gone out, they've exercised the authority and the power that Jesus had imparted to them, and they've seen some dramatic results. And I love what Jesus says. I'm going to read from the, tra- the Passion Translation from, uh, from verse 18 uh, into 20. It says this, Jesus replied, while uh, you were out ministering, while you were out ministering, I saw Satan fall, topple from heaven. How many of us, I, I, I've always thought that this is a prophetic thing where Jesus says, you know, I, I, days gone by when Satan, he, he messed up in heaven, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. I've always thought it like it was a, a, something that Jesus had seen in the spirit realm at the, the beginning of time. But I, the, the, it doesn't really say that. When you start to look at it, he's, he's actually saying, while you guys were out, while you guys were ministering, I saw the kingdom of Satan. The, the Satan came down from, from heaven. He fell from heaven like lightning, in fact. And he says that, uh, uh, he, uh, Now you understand that I imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before 
sorry, you will trample upon every demon before you, before you and overcome every power that Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this kingdom authority. He says in the, the New Living Translation, you walk among snakes and scorpions and, 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 and crush those things, that, that nothing will injure you. This is what Jesus said of those 72 disciples. He's saying this to them. And he says that, however, your real source of joy isn't that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom and that is the true source of your authority. It's how we manifest the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Is because we are living in uh, and citizens of a heavenly realm. Your kingdom come, your will be done. How do we do that? Because we're living from that place of being in a heavenly realm and manifesting and releasing into this earth what we see happening in heaven. Is there any sickness in heaven? No. Then we are to release the, the healing and the wholeness here on earth because it's a heavenly realm. Are there any demons in heaven who are like lording it over any of the angelic beings? I've got to tell you right now, no way, baby. So therefore, when we come into contact with the kingdom of darkness, all we've got to do is turn the light on. I don't have to pray it in. I don't have to, to, to prophesy the light to come. All I have to do is to turn the light on and manifest the kingdom of God in that place. I'm preaching myself happy. I will definitely buy this CD. And this is what I love. In, in, in verse 19 of Luke chapter 10, he says this. And I, I've actually put my, my name in here. He's saying, look, yes, I, I, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Verse 19 says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. I've given you all authority over the power of the enemy. I've, instead of you, I've said, in my Bible it now says, look, I've given Gary authority over all the power of the enemy. Because I need to remind myself, this is a done deal. This is something that I've gotten from the presence of God and I now exercise as I walk about in my world. Matthew chapter 10. Just in case you think it's just Luke who's a bit loopy in this, in this area. So we're going just back now to the, the release of the 12 that Jesus gives, you know, this release to the 12. It's the same sort of account. In, in Matthew chapter 10 says, Jesus called. Everyone say called. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Further down in verse 7, it says, Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. The Passion Translation says, Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it from you. So Jesus has given us this authority, and he's given us a, a, the, the kingdom power to reinforce the realm of heaven here on earth. See, this is all really important for me to know. 
Because I want to know that this, it's okay to pursue this. I want to know that it's okay to go after this. I don't want to waste my time. I've got one life to live, and I want to make sure it's a good life. So if Jesus is saying this stuff to us about pursuing a kingdom lifestyle, it's important that I understand that he's given us permission and authority and a power to be able to do what he's asking us to do. That he says to us so many things. So let's just have a quick recap then of Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 10 and and Matthew chapter 10. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm giving you authority, I'm giving you power. In my name you shall preach the kingdom of God, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. You can walk among snakes, scorpions and stuff like that and crush them and nothing will injure you. That's what the Word of God tells me, that the the commission was that the disciples, whether it was the 12 or the 72, received from Jesus when they were released out into the community. So that that is what uh, he's he's given them, this, uh, this whole thing. It's all in context of being in relationship with Jesus. It's not separate from the, the, the presence of God or the place of his presence. It's not separate from being in a relationship with Jesus. See, Christianity is not about God. Christianity is with God. See... They needed to come, these disciples needed to come into his presence and then take his presence out with them and they released the kingdom through them. Now that I knew that I'd been called and commissioned, sorry, that they had been called and commissioned to release uh, the, the kingdom, I needed to, to know if I could pursue the same in my life. So I looked at what Jesus said at the Great Commission and at other passages where he empowered and encouraged believers to go for in their lives. Do you see the progression? I needed to know that Jesus had the authority and I needed to know that the disciples had the authority and the power. Now I need to know that 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 same uh, commission, that same call has been given to me. Do you see the progression? So in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 19, I'll simply say it again, that Jesus came and he spoke to them and he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I'd commanded to you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus has given this this authority to us as believers to go into our world and to transform it by releasing the kingdom of God and living a lifestyle of a believer. There's other passages that we need to look at. Luke. Again, I love Luke. He's a good lad. Luke 24. See, the difference here really is that the disciples operated under the anointing and the covering of the Lord Jesus. But then Jesus went to be in heaven. But what did Jesus say when he went to heaven? He says, I've got to go so that my father will give you the gift that he promised. What was the gift? The Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit is who is being released to us today. The person of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says to them, guys, this is what happened when you were with me. I'm going to be with the Father. Now you've got to get your own. You've got to get that anointing. You've got to work, uh, like 
build your relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit to receive that same authority and power as a son or a daughter of God to see things change. Luke 24 verse 49, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, he says, Now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. The challenge now becomes in me coming to a place to receive the power to go out into my world from. It's not a once of baptism. It's an ongoing baptism, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. It's in partnership with Him. It's where we recognize what God is doing. We're walking through the shops and we suddenly feel very drawn to this person that we see in the shops. And we sense very strongly that God is wanting us to engage that person in a conversation. Why? Because the Spirit of God is doing something and wants to include you for the release of the kingdom through and into that person's world. So it's now a matter of sensitivity to the person of the Holy Spirit walking in relationship with him to see the kingdom manifested because of what he does. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. So the, the question gets asked of Jesus. In verse 6, so the apostles were with Jesus and they kept asking, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? So they're thinking in, 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 in human terms. I love what Jesus says. He says, he replied, the Father alone has the authority, the authority to set those dates and times and they're not for you to know. But, but you're going to receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. What's he saying? He says, we're not going to restore your kingdom. You're going to restore mine. We're not going to restore your kingdom. You are going to restore mine. That's pretty good. Let's look at Mark. And I'll wind this up. I'll land this baby. Mark chapter 16. And I want you to listen to the words. I want you to listen to the language. Mark chapter 16. He says this, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, and then he told them. So he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to the people there. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. He says, anyone who believes. Do I have any believers here this morning? So anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. It's great. Salvation is available for everyone. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Obviously talking about the coming judgment. 
these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. It doesn't say the disciples, the 12. It doesn't specifically say that the 72 that he's talking to. He says that those who believe, those who be- believe, does that include you? So he's talking to us this morning. He says those who believe will... These signs, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. Start to listen to the language. Cast out demons in my name. They'll speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. So in other words, nothing will injure them. They'll place their hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I began to think about this. God the Father gave Jesus the authority. Jesus passed on that same authority to his 12 and the 72 disciples. But he's also given us the same call and the same commissioning that he gave the 12 and the 72. The same things that he asked those disciples to do, he has commissioned and and, and authorized us to be able to do the very same things. Their call is our call. Their commissioning is our commissioning. See, I don't believe for an instant that God the Father speaks to the 12 and the 72 disciples, gives them this model for living away and releasing the kingdom of God, then expects us to do something completely different. It is not the pattern that we see in the Bible. There's there's passages where it says that the things of old were given as an example for us to live in today. They're things that we can learn from. There are patterns that are in the Bible for us to to see. It's not a formula for success. It's a a relationship with the person. So the very same things that the 12 and the 72 were called and commissioned to do, God has called and commissioned us to do the same things. Hallelujah. Bless Jesus. That's worth something. The disciples didn't exercised the authority and the power Jesus gave them in the church. They, came, they became the church and exercised the authority and the power Jesus gave to them as they went out into their communities. The authority and the power that we've been given by God is exactly the same purpose that was given to the 12 and the 72 disciples. It's as we go, as we go into our, our communities, as we go. See, this changes everything. This changes everything. See, now you've heard. You've heard now. You've got a responsibility. We've got a responsibility to do something with what God has asked us to do. What are you going to do? I'm I'm praying that people are rejoicing they've heard this message this morning. I know that this is a challenging message. It is a challenging message because it, it, it creates within us a dilemma. Now I know. Am I happy living the way I am? Just hearing stuff? 
over and over in the Bible and knowing that my life does not reflect what I read. You see, salvation doesn't cost us any, anything. It costs us everything. costs us everything. The jig is up. What are we going to do with what God has asked us to do? My, my, my encouragement to us this morning is, don't let this stop us. See, there's three things, that you know, the reasons why we don't pursue the kingdom lifestyle. Number one, because it gets taught and reasoned away. That was for them. It's, it's not for now. You will never hear me teach this away. Secondly, that it's not exercised or practiced. In other words, there's a lack of faith. Well, I'm not sure that that's for me. Well, God didn't give it just to the 12 and the 72. We now know that. He actually was speaking to you. Hello? Thirdly, and this is very common, we actually bury this under the pain of disappointment and past failures. And we, f- we disqualify ourselves, maybe because of lifestyle. You okay? You're very serious this morning. Oh, this is a good, good message. It is a good message. So here's my commitment to us today. Here's my commitment to us today. I am never, ever going to teach this away and reason it away. I am not going to create a theology that backs up my experience rather than living according to what God wants me to live. That's going to create within you a, an area where of vibration, of friction, of tension. Because you're going to hear me bang on about this. You're going to hear me challenge us. You're going to hear me continually talking about releasing the kingdom. Rather than leave, simply ask, God, what are you saying to me in this? Is there something in me that's stopping this? Is there something in me that that is rebelling against this? Is there something in me in the area of unbelief? Lord, help me to get past my disappointment. Help me to get past the times when I prayed for people. I I heard something funny the other day. This person said, I I pray for this person who had a three-day cold. It went down to a two-day cold. (laughs) That's a breakthrough in any... That's that's like one-third success. Come on. That's pretty good, eh? It's not mine. I'm going to personally go after this. I'm going to personally go after this. And my prayer is that I've got people that are going to come with me. 
feel waves of love for our community. To people in our community, Jesus is just a swear word. I want to show them him. He's so good. He is so good. He makes good people. He creates great people with great destiny. And there are people in our community that don't know him. They don't know how good he is. How amazing, how life-giving he is. This is my third commitment to us this morning. Though disappointment and failure come, because we're going to get frustrated, okay? Because we're not seeing the results that we see in the Bible. But I'm not going to stop. Um, I'm still going to like not see people, some, some people healed. But I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to get up, brush myself off, and trust him more. And come into radical obedience. And people say to me, and I heard this yesterday as well, that, that there's this area where people say that revival's never going to happen until a country repents. Well, I, I disagree with this. I think revival comes when he shows up. <laughs> it's not dependent upon man. I do believe there's a hunger that needs to be there. I do believe that there's a thirst that needs to be there. Let's stand. I'm done. I'm just going to pray for some stuff. I'm messed up. I can't go back. I can't go back. Because I know what it's like. I can't do that anymore. I can't do it. I can't stand before you Sunday after Sunday and not see something change. I've given everything to, to this. I don't regret it at all. Please don't hear that. But I can't go back. Either Jesus is real and his word is real or he's the biggest liar out. I don't think he is. I can't get back. I can't get back. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, thank you for the goodness of your presence. I love you so much. But more importantly, I thank you that you love me so much. I thank you that you love your people so much. It's just like Nolene said in communion, Father. Man, your love just blows us away. It's so, so amazing. There's so many different dimensions to your love. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would create within every one of us this hunger for more of your presence. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd bring the revelation of this word to today into our spirit. 
And I pray, Father, I, I, I'm going to pray this over you, and I'm, I'm, I make no apology for it. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, you mess these people up. I pray that you mess us up. I pray that you mess us up. Get us beyond our religion. Get us beyond, Lord God, putting you in a box and creating limitations of what you can and cannot do. God, would you be God? Would you be God? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the impartation of the revelation of this word into your people's hearts today. I release it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I release, Lord God, a hunger for the miraculous. I, I release, Lord God, over your people a hunger for the power of God and for, to walk in the authority of God. I pray over your people, Lord God, a greater dimension of the revelation of what you're doing in our every single day of lives, Lord God, that we'd recognize when you're moving upon a person's life, we could see something different upon a person's life. We can actually experience your hand upon them, that there's something that's, that just captures our attention about this, the, this person that draws us to them and we release the kingdom into their life, Lord God. Father, if you're, you're causing us to, to break out of our comfort zone, to leave the things uh, behind that you call us to, to rely on, whether it's our traveling bag, our walking stick, whether it's the money and the, 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 the sandals that we're taking with us, those things that the, those things represent. Father, I pray, help us to leave those things behind and to rely on what you give to us this morning. Father, we will rely upon you giving us the authority and the power, Lord God, that you impart to us that comes out of the place of your presence, out of that place of intimacy where we hear what you're saying to us, Lord God, and we walk out into our communities totally transformed and vibrant and alive because your Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and fills us to overflowing. And we start to flow in all of the gifts that you've given to us and we start to see transformation come into our in into our communities, no matter where that is, into our workplaces, the playgroups, our schools and universities, Lord God, Father, that you would cause a great revival to sweep this land where a people cannot go back anymore. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, and release it to you. Thank you.